LeVar Ball is on some sort of drugs, and I need to know what he's taking, because there's only, you can't be that delusional without drugs. The only way that the Lions will ever win a Super Bowl is if I get these drugs, and I'm that delusional as well. Thanks for tuning in this week to uh, the Average Height Guys. I'm Dirk. I'm Mike. We've got a, a, a nice little uh, repertoire for you guys today. Um, we're going to start off with a little bit of uh, recent news since the last podcast, about roughly... Uh, two hours after we finished the last podcast, Anthony Davis was actually traded from <laughs> New Orleans to the Los Angeles Lakers in, and in what I like to call highway robbery. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I think you think that the Lakers got the upper hand in the immediate, term. in the immediate, term. but I do believe, I mean, that haul that the. Oh, that, there's that, no doubt that, about that it. That the this... Pelicans got was just, oh my god, all the young players plus three future first round draft picks, including the fourth overall this year, which they can even use that to get, probably trade up in the draft, maybe reunite R.J. Barrett with Zion, or they can trade back, get more picks, because they said they don't really necessarily need the fourth pick, or they can go and trade for Bradley Beal and use that fourth pick for the centerpiece around that. Yeah, they they just did a they did a phenomenal phenomenal job with this with this trade that just happened. Uh, Anthony Davis demanding the trade uh, caused him to get a new GM who really flipped the script. And, I think and Griffin's a great GM. He's he's phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, and it showed you this trade that <laughs> yeah um, he pulled off a nice heist over here. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and. This brings me to to the other part. I mean, that's we're talking in the Eastern Conference. If you go to the Western Conference, the Lakers now they've got to be number one, number two in the West. Oh, they're already they, favored by they, Vegas to win the championship, right? So, Even without no one else on their team, just Anthony Davis and LeBron. The 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 big question is going to be whether or not Anthony Davis can remain healthy for an entire season. And now it's also people might think that LeBron will stay healthy, but once you get injured. That's it's, tough. It's tough to stay healthy it's tough. without missing is, anything. Is Frank Vogel on the hot seat if they don't make the play? 100%. I mean, when you get a team like that and you don't produce, you're 100% already on the hot seat. It's it's crazy to think he hasn't even coached a exactly. game for them and he's already on the hot seat. Uh, with that being said, this Thursday, the NBA draft. The NBA draft is where teams hope to land their next franchise player for the foreseeable future. Your team can have a top five pick and draft the next Anthony Bennett. When you have players like Victor Oladipo, Giannis, Rudy Gobert, or hell, even Kelly Olynyk was drafted after Anthony Bennett. But you might say to yourself, Mike, that's not fair. Well, what I say to that is, the only thing that makes life fair is the delusion it should be fair. Or teams can find a diamond in the rough in the first round, like Giannis, 15th overall, or Jimmy Butler, 30th overall. So don't think to yourself that just because you don't have a top five pick doesn't mean you can't draft a future all-star. I mean, just look at Darko Milicic, how he turned out. Hey, hey, hey. If the Pistons don't draft Darko Milicic, they don't trade for Rasheed Wallace, and they don't win the championship in 2004. I mean, that's Drafting cool. Darko was the best move the Pistons <laughs> made. And now that means we're off. And with on the clock, New Orleans Pelicans have the first pick. I wonder who they're going to pick. So I am going to do the odds. Dirk's going to do the evens. So I think with the first pick, the Pelicans will choose no other than Ja Morant. No, I'm joking. They're going with Zion Williamson. I don't think that in their right mind they would draft anyone else than Zion. He has the potential to be a franchise player. His athletic abilities is unbelievable. The only downside to his game, I believe, is his shooting. And his basketball IQ. 
that too. But I do believe that he needs to practice on his shooting form. His current shooting motion is janky. Like, you can't consistently make shots with that. Like, even you look at Lonzo Ball, he got scrutinized for his shooting motion, and he changed it. Yeah, He actually improved. So New Orleans is going to have two of the most awkward shots in the league? Well, Lonzo's isn't as awkward, but... He's still shooting from the other shoulder. I think think drafting Zion is the right pick right here. Yeah, he's a human highlight reel. I don't think you can can go wrong with taking him anywhere in the top top two or three. I mean, obviously, he's number one just based on the highlight factor. Um, But... I mean, I I also think he has... The biggest, like the most potential out of anyone in this draft to be a future all star. ESPN has him as being a future all star. Like right, the most fifty nine. No, I know ESPN is the most credible. I get it, but like fifty nine percent out of anyone else. Yeah, so as, I mean, as being an all star, it's because we live in a YouTube generation, That's and true. this guy before he was in college had a million followers. I mean, on I mean Instagram. listen, if he doesn't even take threes and he shoot any averages twenty and ten without shooting threes, that is all star material. Absolutely. And you can do that strictly based on size. He's he's going to come into the league at at what six six two eighty. He's going to come into the league at two eighty. He's going to be the third heaviest player in the league already, and he hasn't even played a game. <laughs> the, no, I'm the only he, I, is the only he heavier heavy? than Boban, no, or is Boban heavier than him? Boban's heavier than him because okay. he's got thought, six inches. I know, on him. but I thought that <laughs> Boban. I mean, dude, Boban's a mean man, but Zion, I. Oh. He's going to be like the third, second or third heaviest player yeah. in the league. Of course, he's good. Of course, he's going to start dominating right away. It's 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 a, it's a like you can't, you can't not see it happening. Uh, now that New Orleans picked, we got the Memphis on the clock. The Memphis Grizzlies, uh, although they do have Mike Conley, uh, who uh, has made one All Star game in his career. I'm not so sure about that, but he is one of the best point guards when healthy. Floor generals, nonetheless, great person to teach, John Morant. But also with. Memphis trading for John Moran, I do believe that Mike Conley will be traded either on draft night or quickly after draft night because also his contract is insane. It's, They're paying him way too much. Yeah, but nobody, that, nobody else wants his contract. I mean, the, the Heat, they, they've been talking, let's trade for Mike Conley, Chris Paul, all these older point guards with contracts that are quote-unquote untradeable, yet, yet somehow if, there's going to be a market for them. I mean, it happens in it happens in baseball all the time, where where someone gets traded and and they in the trade deal they, no. they well they talk about how how the previous team is going to pay that contract. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Higginson left the Tigers, and I think we paid him. I think the last game he played for the Tigers was in nineteen ninety nine, and I think we paid him until two thousand six. So it's just like yeah, and you have the Bobby Molina with the Mets. They're still paying him. Oh yeah, Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid every you're summer. Still, you're still paying him a one point like two million dollars instead of paying him six million dollars. <laughs> they paid him twenty five yeah. million. That's insane. So now with the third pick, the New York Knicks are on the clock, and the Knicks choose R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett's gonna be great. I think he's gonna be great in the Big Apple. I think. I mean, arguably, R.J. could go anywhere from I think maybe one. To even this third spot, I think if, Z- going I think to if the- Zion wasn't around, RJ very well could but, be the number one pick. But the, uh, going to the Knicks, it's a consolation prize for not getting Zion. But by all, uh, by all means, uh, consolation is nothing bad because Barrett can be a superstar. He's a six seven forward with a point guard abilities. He can shoot the ball very well. He's a very good defender. But the issue is he demands the ball too much. He's got polished game already. He has polished game, but he demands the ball getting too much. I mean, in the NBA nowadays, you can't be a shoot-first guard if you want to play a guard in the NBA. That's true. Because look at Westbrook. 
I mean, they're not winning. When he should a shoot first guard, he's they're not winning. Well, that's assuming that Russell Westbrook can shoot, and that's assuming he makes them. He can't shoot. Yeah, he's, he he can't shoot. Um, I mean, but then you have you have other guards that, that do shoot. I mean, Steph Curry is not a point guard; he's a points guard. He's the guard who gets you points. But he also is a really good passer. Absolutely, he's a great off the ball drip. But he's he, the points. He's the, he gets the points, and that's the key. Um, so I mean, RJ Barrett. I think he's going to do. I think he's going to do big things. It's going to be good to have a big name in New York. Um, it's unfortunate that they couldn't rig the lottery again and, and get Zion the same way that they got Patrick Ewing. I mean, I'm not going to say rig. They did deserve to get the first. Solo the idea. NBA, the, the 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 envelope was cold. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on from the Knicks, you've got uh, the fourth pick of the draft, which was originally the Lakers. They just traded it. Uh, to New Orleans to get Anthony Davis. So New Orleans with this pick, I think that they're they've got some guards. They still have Drew Holiday out there. I've got New Orleans taking DeAndre Hunter at the small forward. I do believe that's a great pick. I mean DeAndre Hunter, he's six seven out of UVA. He's a great defender. He's the reigning ACC defender player of the year, defensive player of the year. His defense is already NBA ready, but the issue is is his offense. Tell me how his offense, how he can improve and translate to the NBA. Well, I think. I think that, you know, not having to be... He was the dude at UVA. Him and Kyle Guy shared shared a lot of the spotlight at UVA. Well, I mean, so, don't forget about Ty Jerome. Uh, no, Ty Jerome, don't get me wrong, had, had some phenomenal plays, but... But he wasn't the he wasn't the, the heartbeat of their team the way that the way that a Kyle Guy was, or when Kyle Guy was off the floor, that DeAndre Hunter really stepped up. What I... What I can see from DeAndre Hunter, especially going to New Orleans and playing with a Drew Holiday and having Alonzo Ball in there, um, you know they're gonna have they're gonna have some open shots for him. Um, you get a good you get a good shooting coach in there. He's gonna you've got Lonzo Ingram, Hart, Drew Holiday, Zion. I just think he he can fit. Uh, and now with the fifth pick, uh, fifth pick, Cavs are on the board. Uh, honestly, Cavs really have to draft the best available. They have needs all across the board. They honestly, they just drafted Colin Sexton, so maybe you're saying, "Oh, we don't need a point guard." But the ve- best available on my big board is Derek Culver from Texas Tech, shooting guard. I believe he might have the easiest transition to the NBA out of anyone else in this draft. He has an all-around game. His he's great in the mid-range game. Lights out from a mid-range pull-up. Honestly, he pulls up, knocks down. Defense, he's getting better at it, but how consistent can he be now at the three-point shooting? I mean, being a shooting guard in the NBA, the thing that teams need is three-point shooting. Absolutely. The game has been focused around three-point shooting now. Um, it's it definitely, the mid-range game has gone gone away almost. It's a lost art. It, it's gone away. It's not an efficient shot. The most efficient shots on the basketball court are within five feet of the basket and then beyond the arc. But beyond the arc, it's not the most consistent shot. I mean, with but Cole, if you want to talk about efficiency, Cole, you yeah, want to talk about points per, points per possession and efficiency. Your best, your best chance to get points per possession and score the most points in the game are either to shoot threes or to dunk the ball. See, but this is those, those but are the, the thing is with Culver in his game, his most efficient shot is the mid range shot. Right, so maybe but, he can bring the mid-range yeah. game back. You look at I all mean, these maybe. Michael Jordan highlights. Michael Jordan, all, all, he, did, all he did was take mid-range game. Ooh. There's no fadeaway jumpers from mid-range anymore. Mm. It just doesn't it's happen. It's sad. Um, so Cleveland, you're, you got Jarrett Culver going to Cleveland. Next on the clock, we've got the Phoenix Suns. And before you pick the Suns, I just want to say it. I think 
Phoenix Suns need to find the point guard of the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's what, exactly why I have him taking a point guard here. Um, I have him taking Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. Uh, I I watched him play a few games at Vandy th- this last season, and, yeah. and the kid just he's he's got the court vision. I mean, it was tough though because the season was cut short due to an injury. But what I've seen, what we've seen, yeah. Ooh. I mean, the kid the kid can set the ball set the game up for you. And and when you have somebody like a Devin Booker on your team who who can put up sixty points. <laughs> Easily, you got you got to have a way to get him the ball. That's true. And I also think that Darius Garland has the ability to you know make solid moves to the hoop and and demand some attention defensively as well, which is going to ultimately leave other people on the team a little bit more open. And we've seen we've seen what Devin Booker can do without having anyone else on his team. If you can get him a little bit more space, who knows what he's capable of. See, my issue, though, with Garland is that his defense is also very shaky. Yeah, but now you're expecting the Phoenix Suns to play defense? They haven't played defense since Jason Kidd was there. Yeah, no, but also I do believe that this number six pick can also be a lookout for being traded. I do believe that the Suns, knowing the Suns organization, that they would trade this pick as well. I just don't think that's but the right idea. I know, I'm, not saying, it is, I'm not saying it is the right idea, but they can also trade for, quote-unquote, Mike Conley. Or yeah. they could trade for Goran Dragic. Like, they could trade for well, veteran, really good point guards when they're healthy as well. But yeah. So you just picked Darius Garland. Seventh pick, Bulls on the clock. Uh, the Chicago Bulls. I mean, their organization is a dumpster fire. Ever since <laughs> Derrick Rose... Tore his meniscus, tore his ACL, tore everything, I think. But right now, they got Zach Levine. They just they got Wendell Carter Jr. from last year who played only a few games before he got injured, but he is a very uh, bright spot in their lineup. They got Lowry Marketing, stretch power forward center, great shooter, great player. I think that you got to take Zach Levine away from the point guard, put him at the shooting guard small forward. So I do believe that they need a point guard, and the best available point guard on the board is Kobe White. From UNC. Kobe White at UNC broke uh, the, the freshman scoring record that was held uh, for the previous uh, 30-some-odd years uh, by none other than Michael Jordan. So if you're, going to, if you're going to take a UNC guy into Chicago, you might as well take the guy that broke, broke your, your GOAT's record. Well, I mean, not, on, okay, not only that, as a point guard, I don't know how much his hair plays into factor, but he's 6'5". Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's well, got... you know, Ben Wallace used to be six <laughs> nine, but with the throw, he was seven one. Exactly, but six five, being a point guard, he can take the opposing point guard into the paint, score on them with ease. He's a great shooter, but the issue is he's erratic at sometimes, and he's very inconsistent. I think that he has no issue with scoring, but his decision making is inconsistently uh, inconsistency. That is. That's what coaching's big, for. That is what, coaching, what coaching's but for. But Boylan, the coach of the Bulls, I'm not so sure how great of a coach and player developer he is. You know what? They've got other coaches on the on the staff as well. It, it's, yeah. it's not going to be solely up to the head coach to groom the point guard. Um, I think that when you're in a basketball haven like Chicago, um, I mean, Chicago high school hoops is some of the best high school hoops in the nation. Um, so I don't think that you can really say that, like, you know, Kobe White's not going to transform. Like, because... It's really hard to tell. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to tell when we're looking at things like this. Um, but I do think that's a great pick. I think that's a great pick for Chicago, and I think they'd, they'll be really happy with it. I think. I, I mean, imagine just him in Chicago Red, man. Yeah. 
be nice. Um, next up, we've got the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta first Hawks. First of many first round picks. Last yeah. <laughs> no, they've got a they've got a two two first round picks in the top ten here. Yeah, um, is... At the number eight pick, I I have them taking the the third player from Duke. Whoa. I've got Cam Cameron Reddish. Well, people did think he forward, was sliding. So you don't see him sliding at all. Because um, this is where, in the beginning of the season, he was projected to go in the top five. Now he's in the top ten, but people recently think that he was going to be slipping a little bit. Well, I think that I think that people got this this notion that he was going to slip because he played with Zion and RJ Barrett. So he played with these top two talents that that were you know prior to John Morant going nuts in the in March Madness. Zion and RJ Barrett were the undisputed one two. Um, for Cam Reddish to then you know, slip to number eight. I, I'd still call that a slip even. I, I just think the value that you can get out of Cam Reddish is is there. It's there at eight. And I, I'd hate to see Atlanta, if they really do want him, to not take him at eight and then Washington take him at nine before they get their second pick at 10. So if that's your guy, you got to get him. See, to me, Reddish, he's a pure shooter. He has a great shooting form. And, but in the beginning of the season, would knock down Everything, but towards the season went on. It was looking to me that he was having shooting yips. I... Yeah, but he's going to be wide open because Trey. Everybody's going to guard Trey Young because Trey Young shoots from everywhere. So yeah, but Trey Young's also not very consistent with his shooting either. You still have to guard him. See, but the, you have to guard I'm him. Not, I'm not saying it's a great pick. Whoever yeah. gets Reddish, honestly, I think he can be molded into a fine young NBA player. I think he fits well in Atlanta. I mean, he's got the physical tools to be an NBA player. He's got the physical mold. He's got everything that you want in an NBA player, especially with that shooting form. Mm -hmm. Thing is, I mean, he only shot 33% of his threes, and he was relying heavily on them. You kind of want to see that number go up to 38 in the early 40s, honestly, for someone that shoots that much for the three. I mean, of course. Of course, you you always want to improve, but that's, I mean... He's 19 years old. He's 19 years old, and, and, and when you're 19, you obviously have things to work on. So now with the next pick, the ninth pick, the Washington Wizards on the board. And thing is, Wizards, they need a lot. I mean, the only player that's a surefire starter is Bradley Beal, the all-star. John Wall's injured, re-injured himself by slipping on stairs. They have really... No small forward, no power forward, no center. So to me, it's really tough to pick who they really need. But I'm going to go with Sekuyo Doyamboya. I am going to apologize right now for butchering his name. but oh, the 6'9 me, French man. He is the best international prospect in the draft. He has, amazing, he has an amazing physical profile already for the pros. He is a versatile defender, high motor, incredible leaping ability. He just needs to improve his offense a lot because he only has had 28% three-point shooting on 260 attempts career-wise over the overseas. But I do believe he is someone that can improve a lot. So you're saying he, you have more faith you have faith in him being more like a Luka Doncic than you do him being more like a Darko Milicic? No, and neither. And neither, all right. Because he's completely different than both of them. Yeah. So I mean, the uh, the big thing is he's six nine. He's got a big frame. Yeah. He's got a big frame, and if he can fill and he out, can put a lot of meat on his body. So we hope. I mean, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> you see, you. I mean, I mean, there's people that I thought were, had big frames that I thought they were going to put meat on their bones. You had like Austin Day, 
I thought Austin Day had had <laughs> Austin, he, Day. Austin Day had a broad shoulder frame, and I thought he was going to put on some pounds, and then he just like kept looking like Tayshawn Prince. Hey, but Tayshawn Prince didn't need any. Tayshawn Prince is one of my all-time favorite players, so it's, there's no hate. There's no yeah, knock no on Tayshawn Prince. If Tayshawn Prince doesn't block Reggie Miller off the backboard, they don't win the championship that year either. So um, now we're back to Atlanta's second pick of of the first round here at number ten. Um, now that uh, you took my boy uh, Seku Domboya, I, uh, who I was going to have Atlanta take, I think that you know Atlanta. While they still, while it looks like you know if they get Cam Reddish and then they still have Trey Young, they've got a nice and little. They, and they still got uh, the boy from Wake Forest, John Collins. Yep, yep. So I mean, they they definitely have have that little core there. I think they need a little bit of height. Um, and that's where where I think they they end up ultimately going with PJ Washington from the University of Kentucky. Interesting pick. Okay, he rose up your draft board, huh? Yeah, and it's it's not because I'm just a I'm, it's not because I'm a Wildcat fan. It's it's because I I legitimately think that at six eight two thirty he's he's like like Seiko. He's got a he's got a frame that can be built upon for the NBA. So you didn't see Jackson Hayes going in the spot at all, did you? Um, it's not. It's I just. It's definitely a possibility. Like we said, it's a mock draft. Um, this is just what I would do if I was Atlanta. I just think that, you know, the way that I saw P.J. Washington play, uh, his personality, I think he can really mesh with with, with these other young guys that, that Atlanta has. I mean, P.J. Washington, he can develop. Into, he developed into a great offense player for the Wildcats this season. He's a creative finisher around the rim. He has great hands, catch anything. He's a willing passer. And he's he can make an impact on the defensive side of the ball. I think I think he's I a good player. It's a strong pick. It's a strong pick. I mean, you can't go wrong with it in a mock draft. But the issue to me is his injuries can be an issue again. Yeah, that's I mean, everybody. You're playing the game of basketball. Uh, I've been injured playing basketball. Uh, yeah, we're also not pros. All the more reason why I should be injured. <laughs> but once you get injured, you're more prone to be injured. Yeah, and it's an issue, especially now when you get injured at such a young age. I think it's a big issue. Next, um, Minnesota, they have Andrew Wiggins. They have the big cat, not Jamal McGlure, but Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, thing is, there's been reports that Minnie is shopping Andrew Wiggins. Doesn't surprise so me. I think he's it doesn't underperformed. Surpri- I think he has underperformed, especially with that contract. So the thing is, do they need to replace Andrew Wiggins in this draft going forward? Or do they need to draft a point guard? Or do they need to draft a center if you move Carl Anthony Towns to the power forward? Because Cat is more for a stretch four, I believe, than a center. I mean, he's a great rebounder, good defender. But with his shooting abilities, I like him at a stretch four. So thing is, saying how they could re-sign Derrick Rose, they don't trade Wiggins, I'm going to go with Jackson Hayes. Jackson I mean, Jackson Hayes, his wingspan seven 7'3". He's seven foot tall. He is an athlete when you think about it. I mean, the issue is he's in, he always is in foul trouble, just kind of like Jaron Jackson was at Michigan State, kind of a similar similar player minus the fact that Jackson doesn't have a three-point shot, but he was the most efficient uh, scorer in college basketball, finishing 75% efficiency, which is amazing. Incredible. He gets to the line, and he'll catch pretty much anything that is locked in. I just think he needs to be more physical on the glass if he wants to transition to a center in the NBA. Sounds good. Um, next up on the clock, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, formerly the Charlotte Bobcats. 
Um, with this pick, it was a tough one for me because I because I really didn't know where I, I can never gauge Charlotte the right way. Uh, they just surprise me all the time. I love their pick and taking Miles Bridges. Uh, I think that you know, although although he didn't have the stellar season that that he wanted to, well, I think and I think to he's, be fair, he's a great building. Block. And to and to be fair, they didn't give him the opportunity he deserved. I'm not just saying this because we're homers. We loved him because of Michigan State, but he is probably one of the most athletic players in the NBA. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's, and I mean, he's a human he can highlight create, and he can create his own shot. The issue is they rather played an overpaid Nicholas Batum over him. That's why they wanted to play Batum because they paid him to play. So he didn't get the opportunity, but you're right. I do believe he is a great building block. So who do you think will be pairing with him in the future? Well, Tony Parker uh, just retired as well. Um, so, I mean, he played forever in San Antonio and then just last year in, in Charlotte. Um, I think that they do need another guard. I think a very versatile guard still on the board. Uh, you've got Tyler Hero from, from Kentucky. Ooh. Tyler Hero, personally, I mean, he can, he can be the next Devin Booker. I'm he's, not just saying that. He's the definition of hero ball. <laughs> I mean, his last name, yeah. But he has... Devin Booker, I mean, shoots lights out. I don't know that Tyler Hero is the shooter that Devin Booker is. I, I'm Well, but also, Devin Booker wasn't who he was in college. Devin either. Booker didn't start. Exactly. So, but uh, I do like this pick. He might have maybe jumped up in the draft a little bit. Listen... But you got to take your guy when he's there. You got to take your guy. If you if you believe that he's your guy, you got to take your guy. Look at Oakland Raiders drafting Cleland Furl fourth overall. Gruden said it was his guy, and he didn't want to wait. So there you go. You draft who you want. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and in our mock draft, we're not trading picks. Exactly. So, if we're trading picks, we're trading this whole <laughs> board will be a freaking cluster. Okay. Yeah. It'll be a oi. But now, I mean, the thirteenth pick, my team, Miami Heat. I mean, whoever gets drafted by the Heat will land in a great spot just because of the Heat culture. I mean, Coach Spocher is known to develop players and becoming the best version of themselves. He takes G League players, make them NBA starters. He takes rejects and journeymen like James Johnson, Wayne Allington, and give them career highs in points per game, shooting, all that. Yeah, but who do you have him taking? Okay, but I this is my team. I like to talk about my team. I like to see who can fit best in this. The thing is... You just took Tyler Hero. I really did like Tyler Hero for the Heat because the Heat really did need a shooting just because we let Wayne Ellington go for no reason. But here, I mean, I really, I mean, there's three guys. It's tough for me. Romeo Langford, Nasser Little, and Kevin Porter Jr. I am going to shock people. I'm going to say Kevin Porter Jr. Okay. He is sliding down the boards a little bit, but his potential can be a top five pick. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr., He's he has... So much untapped potential, and he's a very super talented shot creator. He has a great pull-up game, his physical tools, and he has a powerful frame. But the only issue is he's very erratic when it comes to shooting and decision-making. But I do believe Coach Bostro and the Heat organization can mold him into the player that he needs to be. But I really do really like Kevin Porter. We just lost Dwayne Wade. We, knew, we need a new face of the Heat. For the future, we're not so sure about Justice Winslow. We're not so sure about Bam Adebayo. We're not so sure about Josh Richardson. There's trade talks, getting rid of them, getting big names. But the thing is, we need someone to take the helm as a rookie, improve, and become the future of the Heat. And I do believe Kevin Porter, out of the remaining players, is the best player to do that. And I will take a chance on him. Because 13th, I mean, it's a give or take. 
I mean, all the super talented players are off the board that are surefire picks that people believe. So I say 13th, you can go a little risky. And I do believe that this is a risky pick, but it can also be a high reward pick. I believe there's a lot of sleepers in this draft. There could be sleepers. I believe there's a lot of really good players. As we said, there's diamond in the roughs later on in the draft. There's a lot of really good players in this draft that that I don't think get a lot of love. Um, I think think you hit it on the head there. I think he'd be a great fit in Miami. Going down to the South Beach, as long as he doesn't get too involved in the party culture. Hey, he's, he's still underage. <laughs> but the thing is, I do believe anyone will be a great pick for the Heat. It's fair. Um, next up on the clock, rounding out the uh, the top 14, we've got Boston. Uh, pick from Sacramento via, uh, who is that? Via Philadelphia. Um, so it's made its way around a few times. Um, that's where I think that, you know... Boston here is going to lose Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and I think that uh, Nikhil Alexander is going to be be a, a available still. From Virginia Tech? Yep. Oh. So from Virginia Tech, you got Nikhil Alexander. And, uh, you know, 6'5", 205. He's, he's, he's got great a little size bit of, for a combo guard. Little little bit of height on him still. Um, he's not he's not super short, but he's not, like, you know, outrageously tall. Uh, I think he's got the, the skill set. Virginia Tech had an unbelievable season. He was definitely, you know... Part of the, the uh, part part of the the brightest brightest spots of that team, and uh, I, I just think that uh, it's it's a good fit. It's I think, a good fit. And I, they, I think they need a guard. They need, they a, need a guard, and they need a good defender. And I believe that he is one of the best defenders in the draft. Per forty minutes, he's averaged two point two steals, and I think that is that can transition to the NBA very well with how you need to play defense. I mean, you need to play defense, and you, and you like those defensive guards too because they're very pesky. And they can always be a two-way player. Yeah, I mean, like the way that the way that the NBA is turned now, with everybody shooting these long-range shots, you got to have somebody that can oh, defend yeah. outside. Hands down. No hands up. Hands up. Hands up defense. <laughs> hands up defense. Uh, next pick is Dirk's team, the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons. I mean, they don't need a power forward or center because they got Drummond and Blake Griffin. I mean, it depends what you think about Luke Kennard. You might need another shooting guard. And Reggie Jackson, you I might think, need a point guard. So I, I think you do need backcourt depth. I, I like. I like. It's hard to say that I like. See, that I like this, this team. This is who hard. I am going to pick. I am going to put close to Michigan, but not quite. Romeo Langford. Okay, little Big Ten guy. I think that Romeo Langford. I was thinking about him for the Heat. I think that he is a smooth and fluid athlete. He has He's great off the pick and roll. He has potential to be a really good three-point shooter, but did not flash that at Indiana. He did in high school, but high school was an easier level. Thing is, I think Langford, I just think college got to him a little bit, and all the pressure was on him at Indiana because he was their best recruit for he was a while. It. He was and it. he was their only player. So he had a lot of pressure riding on him, but now that he's going to the NBA, I mean, you do have Reggie Jackson, so maybe he could be a backup learning from Reggie Jackson, or he could be inserted into the shooting guard as well and play off the ball and be a better shooter that way. So I do think he will be a good fit with the Pistons. you got to keep him up in the Big Ten area. I think that would be great because a lot of people from Indiana live in Michigan, and I think that he will have the support of them as well. So I think that it's a good fit, and I think that he can transition into be a good three-point shooter that people were worried about. You know what? I like the pick a lot. Uh, I'm a big, big, uh, Big Ten fan, and there's a couple guys in the Big Ten I think that this year are going to fall through through the cracks a little bit. Uh, Romeo Langford's one of them. I thought that maybe uh, maybe he should have gotten a little bit more height. He had a potential to be a top ten pick, but just sliding a little bit. You know, when your team underperforms, 
it's it's kind of a reflection of and you, especially regardless when of, you're the star of the team. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I think that's a great way to round out the first half of the draft. Um, For the second half of the draft, we're just gonna we're do gonna, our picks. We're not really gonna elaborate on them. We're just gonna say what we like and what we don't like. So uh, number sixteen pick, we've got the Orlando Magic. Um, they don't have anyone. Um, so <laughs> they've got Gordon. They got Mo Bamba. They got Mo Bamba and Aaron Gordon. So realistically, I don't think that they're in a need in the front court. I think they really need things in the back court, which is where I have them taking the six foot tall Croatian Luka Samanic. Wow. And now to finish off with their third first round pick of the draft, the Hawks are back on the board. And if I'm the Hawks, I'm going to just draft best player available. In my opinion, that is Nasir Little from UNC. I do believe he's a terrific athlete. He has the potential to be dominant on the defensive side of the ball. He averaged close to 10 points a game off the bench as a freshman. But his offensive potential has not been untapped yet. He flashed it a little bit. But the issue was he only played 18 games per minute. 18 minutes per game? 18 minutes per game. The... uh... Next up on the on the board, you've got the in, Indiana Pacers. Um, the Indiana Pacers, uh, they got rid of Paul George the year before. They've got Oladipo still. Coming back. He's coming back. He's phenomenal. He's something else. I think they need a little bit of big height there. I think they're, it may seem like a little bit of a stretch, but I just think he's the right guy for them. I think they're taking Bull Bull. I think that you know, seven foot two out of Oregon, he's he's got the defensive prowess that they're going to need. Um, and if they really want to take the next step and and make it to even the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to have to they're going to have to play defense. See, I know we said that we won't really talk about this, but I'm I, I just Bo Bo is a very interesting pick to me. One healthy, he could be a surefire top ten pick. The issue is, you, we said injury is part of the game, but with Bowl, it's different. Because his dad has a history of no, injury, no, too? because he's always, throughout high school, even college, that frame is very lanky, very small. Anybody who's seven feet tall has that, has well, that, that problem. I mean, Jackson Hayes. I mean, his frame is, I mean, but his talent is rare for someone his height. Absolutely. And I do believe he could be a steal. If he is healthy, plays, I'm going to say, just at least 60 games. This season, I think he's a steal, no matter where he goes. In the I think if he plays 40 so games this year, I think I do, it's a great pick. I do like the pick. Uh, now San Antonio on the clock. So for me, I think San Antonio Spurs. What do I automatically think? International player. I think they're going to go with Goga Bitadze. Oh yeah, from the Republic of Georgia, not yeah. the University of Georgia. I mean, and he can be considered the best center in the draft. He's coming off a very strong year overseas. He is a stretch center. has very has a very high offensive ceiling, and I think that is the mold of Greg Popovich Spurs. And I think that Greg Popovich will probably fall in love with this kid. International. That's already the first box that Popovich checked off. But I do believe Batadze will be a good pick. Next on the clock, you've got yet another Boston pick. Uh, I mean, Boston can essentially revamp their entire team with this draft, the amount of picks they have. Um, at this point, like I don't even really know who... I don't even know who they really... Who else they really need? I mean, we, they got rid of their. They're going to get rid of the guard, and so you know, taking taking a guard in the first pick uh, leaves you wide open for for any pick that you really want here. Uh, that's why I think that they they might end up going with with somebody. 
along the lines of like a Darius Basley. A Darius Basley who decided not to go to college. He thought he was going to play in the G League. He was in the G League for a hot minute, decided not to play and just to work out. Came to the Combine and started uh, beasting out in the Combine. So with that that being said, I think that you know he may have fallen a little bit from, from where his hype was when he was coming out of high school. Uh, a lot of people forgot about him because he because he wasn't in the spotlight. But I think that you know Darius Basley could be could be a I don't know necessarily about an all star, but I definitely think he can make some good plays. Okay, with the next pick, Thunder on the clock. We got Westbrook. They got Paul George. Think to yourself, they do might need more shooting because only Paul George, I believe, is the shooter on the team. Well, Westbrook, I don't he think can't he can shoot. shoot. He can't shoot. He's an uh, athlete who happens yeah, to play basketball. I don't think they need a center. They got Steven Adams, great center. So they could be looking for shooting guard power forward. And to me, I'm going to lead with the power forward. And I think Rory Hachimura, Gonzaga, I think that he's a great fit for them. He can finish around the rim. He has great size. He can get through the free throw line very easily. He averaged 7.9 free throws per 40 minutes in college. He's a good three-point shooter, averaging 41%. His assist-to-turnover ratio is not promising. He averaged more turnovers than he did assists. And in the NBA, if you turn over the ball, you won't be seeing the court. It's true. It's true. I mean, he, he definitely played a lot, a long, long tenure at Gonzaga. And, you know, Gonzaga, one of the all-time great programs. Uh, Boston, another pick. I'm picking all the Boston picks here. Uh like I just mentioned before, you don't really like they can really go anywhere. I've got them taking from Florida State, 6'10, 255, Mifondo, Cabangeli. And why do you believe that Cabangeli will be drafted in the top 25? To be, a lot of people think that he might not even be a first round pick, but his his draft skyrocketed because of his play in the NCAA tournament. Exactly. You, I mean, so, so did John Morant. John Morant was going to be a, a high pick regardless, but it just skyrocketed him into that solidified second pick when he when he performed in, in March Madness. Uh, Florida State had a great showing in, in the tournament, and this guy was the shining star of their team. Uh, he's got height. He plays defense. He, he comes into the draft just finishing his sophomore season, but he's 22 years old. So his his frame he's not he's not a sophomore that that needs to you know grow he already has you know he's a man he's already a man he is a man now with the twenty third pick Utah Jazz you got Rudy Gobert you got Donovan Mitchell you got Joe Inglis love me some Joe Inglis but the thing is you might need a point guard Ricky Rubio free agent not so sure they're gonna re-sign him. You also do need a power forward. But I honestly, I'm going to go, this might be a little controversial pick, and he might be drafted a little bit higher than his stock, but I do think Ty Jerome will be a good pick oh, for Virginia. the Utah Jazz from Virginia. He's a, he's a national champ, great 3 and D player, ability to knock down threes, defend any position from the 1-3 to three guard, I believe. And, I mean, the only issue is he struggles just with bigger like lankier, rangier defenders, but I do think he'll be a good fit with them. I think it's a great choice. Uh, next on the clock, you've got the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers have a nice core going on right now with the uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler trio that they've got. They uh, still got uh, my big hype man, Boban. Uh, not really sure what's <laughs> happening with, with JJ Redick and, and some of the other players on their team. Uh, that's why I have him taking another big-time shooter. 
This guy's going to light up the NBA. I just have a feeling about it. I think that I think that he's he's overlooked, but because he's not that big, he's only six feet tall. He's from Purdue, Carson Edwards. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, Carson Edwards has the potential to be the here. dude is a gamer. He could like I did say in my draft analysis, he could be the next potential JJ Redick technically with his shooting ability off the ball and everything. I mean, he's a great shooter, but I mean, you shocked me with that pick, Dirk. I'm not gonna lie. With the 25th pick, Portland Trailblazers. And honestly, they had a great playoffs this year. They have a great team. I mean, Ennis Cantor, you need a, you need a healthy Nurkic. You have uh, CJ McCollum, and you have and you have uh, Leonard. So honestly, I do think they need front court depth. I think they maybe power forward, small forward. You can look here, but to me, my best available player. Brandon Clark and Zaga, power forward. I think that other than Zion, he is the second best athletic player in this draft. I think that, I mean, his offensive game is best suited to be a power forward center. He is a little undersized to play the center, but the thing is he can be a defensive uh, playmaker and he can change how easy it is to transition to the offense for that team because everyone on that team is a shooter. But I, I think he will be a great fit for the Trailblazers. Yeah, we just got a few uh, few picks left here. Uh, next up, we've got uh, we've got Cleveland here. Cleveland on the clock. Um, they need everyone. Exactly. They just need everyone. Um, I think that you know having a nice strong presence there would be nice. A guy with some crafty game. He's not really an above the rim player, but he's definitely going to get you boards and, and, and some putback points. Grant Williams from Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> Take it. You're making I mean, some good, bold picks here, Derek. I'm not going to lie to you. I, Me, personally, I had Grant maybe going in the second round, early in the second round, but I think he would be able to – a team can take a chance on him. I mean, I think in five years when we when we redraft this draft in five years, I think that, I think that we're going to be putting Grant Williams in the top ten. Okay. Well, when you're Cleveland, you can't really be picky. You just have to pick the best available player you believe that's on the board. But now Brooklyn, they kind of might be in a bad position when this draft starts. They might not get Kyrie Irving. D'Angelo Russell might not re-sign with them. But I do believe that they might pick the best available. And I think a good pick with them will be Cameron Johnson from UNC. I know he's a little old and you don't really want to draft someone that's already 23. But he is probably one of the best shooters in this draft. He has a history of injuries. He lacks physical toughness and is not a very explosive finisher. But his three-point shooting is elite in order for a team to take him in the first round, I believe. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, rounding out the uh, top three here, the last three here, you got Golden State at 28. Um, Golden State, we don't really know what entirely is going to happen in free agency. There are a lot of free agents moving around. Um, obviously, their guard play is going to be there. They still have Steph. They're going to have Clay. very potentially. I mean, it's I, I don't really see Clay going anywhere. I think that's his home. Um, his ACL is gone, but, you know, so he'll come back maybe, you know, two-thirds of the way through the year. Um, but it at that point, you know, you should be healthy for the playoffs, similar to the way that they wanted to bring Boogie back this year uh, and have Boogie healthy for the playoffs. 
but you know without without having Kevin Durant who's very looks like he's very likely going to leave uh, I think that you need to get somebody who's a little bit a little bit of height and a little bit versatile um, a guy with a lot of talent uh, the only problem is a little bit of injury history which I know doesn't bode well for the Golden State fans at this moment but uh, from Missouri Jonte Porter Wow. <laughs> I mean, the, all you're making me say is wow in these last few picks of yours. I, listen, I, I'm, we're taking guys that you believe that are, are the talented, best available. They're talented players, and and they definitely uh, they're talented players. He does have an injury history. Um, his brother has an injury history. Um, so I mean, it may be a family family affair there, uh, to use the words of Mary J. Blige. But the uh, I think that you know. In these late picks, you're kind of taking a stretch anyway. So why not? Why not get a guy who you know is super athletic? That's true. And for my last pick of the draft, uh, goes to San Antonio Spurs. Unfortunately, there's not really a international player that's worth taking at this position for the Spurs. But I do believe that this player will be a high reward. He's coming off an ACL injury. Played great at Auburn. He would have been a lottery pick if he stayed healthy. Chuma Okiki. Okay. I think that you don't think that injury in the last last uh, in the tournament hurts him. I I mean his talent is there. That's why I'm saying you have the 29th pick. They already got they already got their player earlier in the draft. So I say why not? That was my point with Porter. Yeah. I mean he may I be injury why, prone, yeah, but the talent is why, there. Why not take the risk? I think Okiki would have been a top 10, top 15 pick if he stayed healthy. The talent's there. Might as well take the risk. Um, and then, you know, rounding out the, the the first round here, you've got the team that had the best record, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference this year. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it done and get past Toronto. Um, they definitely have big man strength. Uh, Giannis isn't going anywhere. The man loves, loves Milwaukee. Um, but, I mean, they got Chris Middleton, so they've got – Phenomenal shooting on the outside. I think they just need a little bit of, little bit of somebody that can help pull them together a little bit more. And I think that they're going to take a guard from Washington, Matisse Thybul. Um, it just, he's got a great serviceable offense. Uh, his his ceiling as a defender is is there. He's he's got you know four and a, almost four and a half steals a game. Uh, in you know two point eight blocks for for like a guard forward is is like it's incredible. Um, I think that. He's one another one of these guys who who just like didn't get a lot of love because he plays on the West Coast, um, and it's hard to it's hard to get those primetime games. So a lot of people didn't see him play, and uh, I think that Milwaukee uh, can like you know take a little uh, take a little gold medal out of there. All right, and that concludes the first round of our NBA mock draft. For the second round, we're not going to be doing that, but I just have some names to look at. I think Keldon Johnson slipped in both our drafts from Kentucky. He did not get drafted, but he has potential to be a first round pick. Okay, I think that Milwaukee might he might be the that that late pick from Milwaukee. KZ Okpala from Stanford also has the ability to be a first round pick. Bruno Fernando, he's been rising up the draft boards recently from Maryland. He's athletic, high motor. And Nas Reed, I mean, he could be a first round pick. He can go late second round. He can go undrafted. He's all over the place, Nas Reed. Yeah, kind of like his hair. But uh, <laughs> I also, one player to watch in the second round, maybe might not get drafted, is Terrence Mann from Florida State. 
I've got two guys that I want to take take notable to follow in the second round, um, just because of you know the hype that was around him for a while. Taco Fall, um, the height. You just got to see what happens with the height. I mean, he looks he looks a lot like Manute Bull, being super skinny and super tall. Um, but I think that he he does have some basketball skills, and he definitely you know can play defense. So as when you have somebody with that kind of length, you can definitely. Uh, make people shoot around things and, and not let them get to the basket, which was definitely evident when they played Duke. Um, very close game there, and that was mostly because of Taco Fall's defense. Uh, another guy that, I, that I'd like to see, and it just like somehow fits that he's going to end up on the Pistons uh, in the second round, it's going to be uh, Kyle Guy from UVA. Kyle Guy. Great. He's like the most quintessential Pistons pick I've ever seen. Um, I think so. he also fits maybe with the Warriors. That might sound crazy. No, that's Kyle actually that fits with the Warriors, so he might be looked at for their late first round pick as well. He very well could. He very well could. He's one of those like he's one of those uh, inter- intermediary guys where where I'm not sure if he's going to be late first round or he's going to be a second round pick. Um, but I definitely, I definitely think he's getting drafted. Okay, quick. Who do you think had the best draft out of our mock drafts with the teams? Um, it's hard to say because we only picked half the draft. But not only um, that, I mean, first round draft. I mean, it's hard because it's like you got three picks with the Hawks. You got, you got three picks Boston. with Boston. But the thing is, I do believe Memphis won the draft by getting John Morant. I don't think that. I don't think that you can count out New Orleans either. I mean, adding two top top four picks uh, along with this trade that they just you know brought in brought in three great players. I mean, well, Josh Hart. I don't know how great he's going to be. Um, Lonzo has shown that he can definitely improve and that he's willing to learn how to play the game in the NBA. Um, you still have Drew Holiday there. I think they're a very, very well-improved team f- from even last week. See, but that's the thing. They didn't improve from the draft. They improved from the trade. With Zion. But I'm saying Zion. Zion, no, it's a good, DeAndre yeah, no. Hunter. I mean, yeah. they can definitely, they, they have the building blocks. All right. And thank you for listening to our draft NBA special. I'm Mike. And I'm Dirk. This was the Average Height Guys.